0: The following program is brought to you by Bridgeway Community Church.
1: It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's me, Call In Talk. Are you ready to give me a call? 888 432 7434. Come on, let's go.
2: Live from our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, an expert on race, religion, and relationships. Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Our phone lines are now open, 888-432-7434. And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge-building voice in the nation's capital.
1: That's me, your bridge-building voice right here in the nation's capital, covering all of D.C., Maryland, and Virginia on WAVA 105.1 FM. The most listened to Christian talk station on the East Coast, second in the entire country, covering parts of West Virginia and Pennsylvania as well. And of course, all of you who are watching me on my social media at Anderson Speaks is my handle there. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I'm waving at you and giving giving you my sideways peace sign. (laughs) And I'm just happy that we get an opportunity to call in and talk to one another. And so my lines are wide open on this tough topic Tuesday. If you're new to the show, let me tell you how we roll. First of all, we've got Marriage Mondays, Tough Topic Tuesdays, that's today. Wisdom Wednesdays, Theological Thursdays, Open Phone-In Fridays. Anything you want to talk to me about on Friday is fair game. And of course, on Saturday, we have a special show at 7 p.m., highlights throughout from the week. So make sure you tune in for that 30-minute special on Saturday nights. And then, of course, on Sunday mornings, I am preaching uh, every Sunday at Bridgeway Community Church. If you want to check us out, go to bridgeway.cc. I'm going to commit our time to the Lord, but let me give you the topic today. And the topic on this tough topic Tuesday is evangelicalism post-Trump. Evangelicalism post-Trump. What does post-Trump evangelicalism look like? And has politics become too intertwined with the church? And where do evangelicals go from here? What do you think? What do you think evangelicalism will look like for the next uh, decade or two? Would love to hear your thoughts on it. I can interact with you on it. We can talk more in just a moment. But let's do what we always do, commit our time and conversation over to the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for robust conversation, and we do pray that you would Uh, just in the midst of uh, debate and discussion, stimulate our minds, stretch our thinking. But most of all, remember to point us towards you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Lord, help us to remember it, Lord, right? Always got to keep looking up to the Lord, even if we're looking at one another and sometimes maybe even looking down at our situation. uh, Don't end it without kind of turning your mind and your heart and your eyes back to the one who is large and in charge, and that is God himself. And if you don't know, the way you get to know God is through his son, Jesus, who he sent uh, because he loved us so much. He sent Jesus onto the earth to live a perfect life, die a cruel death, but take all of our sins with him on the cross to pay for the penalty of our sins, which was eternal damnation and separation from God. All that was put on his shoulders 2,000 years ago, and he died. But guess what? Here's the good news. What? You know what it is. Go ahead and say it. On Sunday morning, what happened? <laughs> After being dead for three days, he rose again from the dead, taking death and the sting of sin with him. So all of us who come into a relationship with him by faith uh, will rise from the dead too. In fact, we have an eternal home. And so the good news is even when you die, and I know a lot of folk have died this year, it really is a transition right into glory, into the presence of of the lord you know paul said the writer of uh, uh many of the new testament books he said when he was writing to the philippians uh for to me to live is christ to die is gain meaning if i die i'm going to see christ if i keep living i'm going to be living for christ so either way it's christ now christ later Christ forever. So there you have it. You got a gospel message, and that wasn't even a topic. <laughs> but I guess it could be, right? When we talk about evangelicalism or what an evangelical is, it's someone who uh believes and shares the gospel message that I just uh shared. That that is our common unity. Uh we are followers of Christ united in the spirit, and regardless of what the politics of of the Jews were. In their day and age, or Americans in this day and age, or Africans uh, in their country of uh, Nigeria, or Kenya, or Ethiopia, or South Africa. Regardless of all of that, we've got to remember as evangelicals, as Christians, as followers of Christ, the most important thing is to believe and to behave and to belong to the family of God and the kingdom of God, and to, to continue to push the gospel and advance it while we're on the earth. How about that? Now, again, my phone number, if you want to give me a call, is 888 432 7434? That's 888 43 Bridge. And today's topic, you know, tough topic Tuesdays, we tend to get into politics. Uh, has politics uh, become too entwined with the church? Or is, it, or is that well really what the church is about? It's not only about the gospel, but about uh, advancing um you know good works and good political policy and governance is that what god has called the church to do and be and specifically regarding evangelicalism uh today's topic is evangelicals post trump what do you think uh post trump evangelicalism l- will look like in the next really the next generation i think what we went through uh as a country over the last 4 years will probably have an impact on us for the next 40 years uh, in many different ways. And so what do you think the next uh, 20, 30, 40 years will look like for evangelicalism, for Christianity as a whole? I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I'd love to hear uh, your questions on it. Let's get into it. I'm going to run to my commercial break right now. And as soon as I get back in a couple minutes, I'm going directly to the phone lines because I want to talk to you. I want to hear from you. And a little bit later, I'll even share an article with you uh, from uh, Ed Stetzer, a professor of Wheaton College. It'd be quite interesting to hear what he's thinking. I'll be right back.
3: talk with Dr. David Anderson is not just an insightful radio talk show, but also a conversation that encourages listeners to engage in higher levels of understanding. Here's what people are saying about the show.
4: Dr. Anderson, I've been listening to you for a couple years now, and I just wanted to call in and say amen and hallelujah. You are on the mark.
5: I listen to you uh, very much, and it's, good, it's very, very good to hear your refreshing voice on the radio. You're not afraid to...
6: Take any topic, uh, you are very humble, and um, it just gives us comfort. I love the radio
4: station. My favorite is Marriage Mondays. Even though not
3: married, it's okay. I love it. I love the advice. I listen to it all the time. I have my notifications on. I was on the show once upon a time, um, so I just love the advice and just the biblical sound and just stuff that he says on here. It's just amazing to listen to. He's such an inspiration because not only does he impact The um, local area but his message is so powerful that it deserves to go on a broader spectrum comprehension begins with conversation is not just a phrase it's a reality join the conversation at real talk with dr david anderson
2: Join our text community and receive a free weekly text biration from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 97000. That's INSPIRE to 97000. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson.
1: That's me, Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're talking about evangelicalism uh, post Trump. Uh, evangelicals are those who believe the gospel and share it with other people, uh, but what do you think evangelicalism will Christianity will look like over the next uh, 20, 30, 40 years post-Trump? Also, has uh, politics become too entwined with the church, or or should it be? Uh, where, where do evangelicals go from here? Would love to hear from you. I'm going to give you the number one last time before I start taking calls. Here's the number, 888. 888- Four three let's kick it off with brent who is on the line from alexandria virginia hello brent it's dr anderson here how are you
7: i'm doing well thank you dr anderson
1: thanks for calling um
7: but you're welcome i i uh i think that even before trump much of the church is too married to their politics
1: Mm. um
7: and, uh, no, I think, you know, I think that we should be involved in politics. I just think that sometimes we equate it in some kind of an odd way with what is biblically righteous, whether we're Republican, Democrat, or whatever the case may be. Uh, we, we put it in terms that it maybe it's become too important mm. and we're too intertwined with it. Um, I also have just a second thought is that, you know, the future of the evangelical church in America is, um, let me put it this way: In certain segments of the population, mm-hmm. evangelicalism is dying off, uh-huh. and yet yeah. immigration is is feeding the future of the evangelical uh, church in America. You just look at Hispanic, Ethiopian, Nigerian, mm-hmm. everywhere you look, uh, Brazilian, um, all of these places that we sent, you know, with the evangelical movement, Pentecostal church, whatever the backgrounds may be, where we right. sent missionaries around the world they're they're now in America planting churches
1: and sending missionaries um, right
7: and sending missionaries yeah. <laughs> that's right well they they've come to America in many cases as missionaries and they're sending yeah. people in you know some yeah. of these some of these movements and I actually thank God for it yes. um you know, because it's a part of the diversity of God's kingdom. That's right. And, uh, and of course, we're called to go to the nations and all of that, but the nations have come to us.
1: How about that? And
7: I don't, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know, yeah. I, th- I think this is true. I might be wrong. I know it was true at one time, Brent. And that is that Korea was sending more missionaries uh, to America than America was sending out. Uh, I I think that that's true. I don't know. I don't have my latest stats on that, but your, your thought about the nations coming to us almost allows us who are evangelicals who live here, who are Christians who live here for those that don't know Christ, the mission field has come right to our backyard. Right. And then, but a lot of countries are sending uh, uh, saved saints to remind us and to share the gospel with us, because I think you're right. We have been slipping for a long time and I, I kind of like the way you put it. Uh involved, we should be involved, but not entwined. And so maybe that's a good way to think about it. Thanks for kicking the show off with me today, okay, Brent?
7: All right. Thank you, Doctor Anderson. God uh-huh. bless you.
1: God bless you back. I've got uh Michael on the line from Crofton, Maryland. Let me go there. Hey, Michael, it's Doctor Anderson. How are you?
7: Hey,
8: how you doing, Doctor Anderson?
1: Uh-huh. I'm alive doing and great.
8: Yes, really enjoy your program, my, my wife and I, all the time.
1: Thank you.
8: Well, not every chance we get, we, we, we like tuning in. Thank you. But, yeah, your your tough topic today about the evangelicalism. I'm, so that's a mouthful. I know. Evangelicalism. <laughs> well, we, yes. <laughs> Post-Trump, 20 years down the line. Yes. But I'd I, I like to just make a comment on that second part of of, of your Tough Tuesday topic about... The church and politics. Yeah, my wife was reading the other day about a phrase called Christian nationalism. Yes, I don't know if you've heard that phrase. And yeah, and and we would, you know, we would just like to get a comment from you on on what that is because the article we read, it was saying that that was uh, harmful to the to the true Christian. Uh, effort in this country or in the world, really. Yeah, And uh, a lot of uh, our um, polit- politicians are part of that. And and we'd just like to get your, your, your comment and, and your feedback on that, if you would.
1: Yeah, thank and you. And I'll hang up and listen. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. I appreciate it, Michael. Yeah, yeah, you can listen on the air. That would be great. So, yeah, Christian nationalism is really this uh, idea of, of super patriotism, uh, where the Christian Church and uh, patriotism have married one another to almost create a a Christian nation, much like Sharia law uh, might uh, run a a Islamic country it 's almost like Christianity should be the principles uh to run America and people. Uh, have to um, sort of follow Christianity, whether they are religious or not, and 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 we have to unequivocally condemn all forms of racism and all manifestations of Christian nationalism. In my opinion, because it really is the conflation of religious language and symbols with hate speech and and the political violence. Uh, and that's just incompatible with uh, with those of us who are following Jesus. Jesus did not come to take over uh, a, a political uh, kingdom, and I think that um, many of the Jews were were concerned about this uh, because they thought that Jesus was coming to sort of rule their kingdom, and the Pharisees were looking for sort of a political uh, master to, to be their Messiah, if you will. And, and Jesus said, no, no, actually I came not just for the Jews. I came for the Gentiles and and the kingdom that that's at hand is not the kingdom of this world. And this world is going to end, but it's a broader kingdom where I am the Lord and the savior and my invisible kingdom are those who are believers who trust in me And it's a kingdom you can't see. It's not built with hands. It's not built with an army. Uh, It's an invisible kingdom led by really an invisible God, one that we cannot see every day. But he manifested himself in the life of Jesus for us to to be saved. But the reality is um, that's not Christian nationalism. Christian nationalism uses religious language and symbols and uh, conflates them with, with uh, r- religious language and hate language, hate speech, discrimination, uh, and, and white supremacy. Uh, so uh, this, this patriotism, this white supremacy uh, with a religious supremacy becomes the, the standard and the filter through which everything that we make a decision on has to go through as a government. And that's what we must. We really must reject that. Um, and we can have more conversation about it. But I hope I helped uh, give you some idea to, from uh, from what I understand uh, about it. In fact, uh, Ed Ed uh, Stetzer, uh, professor dean uh, at Wheaton College, and he leads Wheaton College Billy Graham Center, uh, writes in an article titled "Evangelicals Face a Reckoning: Donald Trump and the Future of Our Faith." No one likes to admit. Uh, They were fooled. It's tough to admit we were wrong. Now many evangelicals are seeing President Donald Trump for who he is, but more need to see what he has done to us. It's time for evangelical reckoning. And he goes on in this article saying many evangelicals and leaders invested money and time and conviction toward the promise of making America great again. In turn, Donald Trump made good on his investments from an evangelical perspective. Most evangelicals, me included, Ed Stetzer says, are grateful for the Supreme Court justices he appointed and for some of the religious liberty concerns he addressed. His anti-abortion stances surprised many, again, me included, and for that I was thankful. Nevertheless, most of that is in jeopardy now because Trump is who many of us warned other evangelicals that he was. Yet of greater concern for me is the trail of destruction he has left within the evangelical movement. Tempted by power and trapped within a culture of war theology, too many evangelicals tied their faith to a man who embodied neither their faith nor their vision of political character. Those are just a few of the highlights. You may want to uh, check out that article. Um, I'll ask my support team to go ahead and post that article on my Facebook page so you can read it for yourselves. My phone number is 888-432-7434. Uh, Don is on the line from Alexandria, uh, Nope, uh, from Baltimore, Maryland. So let's go there. Hey, Donald, how are you today, sir? <laughs>
9: Hey, Dr. Anson, how you doing? Oh, I'm
1: alive and grateful. Thanks for calling. What are you thinking?
9: Uh, I was thinking, I want to ask you a question because I want to give clarification on on this because I'm having a discussion on this. Um, Based on what you know, would you consider like Antifa, I think the name is, and um, QAnon, is that a part of, I think I'm trying to paraphrase and forgive me for misstep right. and everything is that they take scriptures from the Bible and try to make, make it into where they use and that they trying to co-sign God to do the stuff that they are doing.
1: I don't know about Antifa and if they use God or not. I do know that they're more of a left uh, wing uh, philosophy that would uh, seek to overthrow government. I know that QAnon again. I don't know much about them. They're a right-wing uh, group that is quite uh, in in bed with cons- conspiracy theories. But I do really. I can't tell you. I know much about either of them. I know that they're both extreme. One is extreme right. One is extreme left. Uh, but that's about m- much of what I know. To be honest with you, I'd have to go do some more reading to really know who they are. I know that they. I know that. Uh, that uh, QAnon was, was a lo- uh, very involved so far as the people who were holding their signs and things of that sort uh, during the insurrection. I also know that Antifa is more of a philosophy. I don't know how organized they are, but again, I'm not an expert on either one of those, Donald.
9: Well, one thing I am noticing, man, and, and I'm, I'm kind of glad that you're bringing these topics up, man, because I can remember, you know, when Billy Graham was on the scene, man, I, and I am listening to some of his old, old sermons, not once have I heard him say anything dealing with politics, man. I, me, me personally, this is just my personal feeling on that. Mixing politics and Jesus is like mixing baking soda with dynamite. You know what I mean? It just don't mix to me. You know, I, I know we have our own opinion on that. Sure, sure. But I, I always thought that we need to just stick with this jesus
1: christ and him crucified and well I you t- know <laughs> i tell I'm you what sorry, I'm, I'm no no i i tell you what i've um i'm in relationship with his daughter and gram lots and she's quite devotional quite focused on on god's word and, and growing uh us up in the faith but her brother whoo he has uh lock stock and barrel uh not not gone the same road as his dad you know a you can have influence no, with politicians no, if you can have influence with politicians, and I love to have influence with politicians, right? As a prophet, as a as a man of God or a woman of God, I think that that is biblical. You always see uh, the prophets around the king. Uh, but uh, there's a difference between being a prophet of God around a king to influence them and then being a prophet for that king to the rest of the country. And that's basically wow. what I have seen with many of these, uh, evangelical leaders and it has caused me great concern, but, uh, that you're pushing me into my opinions on that one. Everybody may not have the same one, but, uh, Donald, thank you so much. Okay.
9: Thank you, sir. I appreciate your input, man. You doing what you're doing, and God bless
1: you, man. You got it. always encourage and I appreciate you. Well, as soon as I get back, I am going to talk to Bernadette and Marty and Brother Q. I want to talk to you as well, so this would be the time to get in where you fit in. You call the number. You get up on my screen, so when I come back, I can just go right to to your color. You have a a color, a number. uh, I can see your name, the city you're in. I want to get to you as quick as possible. This is Real Talk. Dr. David Anderson,
0: Word of Life Christian Academy. Founded in 1979, offers an accredited academic program for students in preschool through 12th grade. Enrollment is open for in-person second semester classes beginning January 25th. Are you interested in a Christian education for this year and the upcoming school year? Enroll today. Our summer camp program begins Monday, June 14th. For more information, visit our website at wolca.org or email us at info at wolca.org.
2: Hey, Norm with A-Action Home Services here. Cold weather is right around the corner, so don't miss out on our $69 heating system tune-up. In fact, it's more than just a tune-up. It's the peace of mind knowing that your heating system will be running at peak efficiency all season long. We are so confident in our tune-ups that should your unit break down after our visit, we will come out and diagnose the issue for free. So give me a call today at 703-922-1900. That's 703-922-1900. It's a new year. You're probably thinking to yourself, I need to lose weight. The reality is 2020 was a very hard year, and many of us gained some unwanted pounds. Hi, I'm Steve Reynolds, pastor of Capital Baptist Church, and I can help you lose weight. Join a team of losers. The next Lose and Live Weight Loss competition begins soon. And for the first time, we're offering this program both on-site and online. Quit procrastinating, Sign up today by calling 703 560 8677 or online at capitalbaptist.org.
0: Hear 105.1 FM WAVA wherever you are on our mobile app or on iHeart, tune in, and now on radio.com. A lighthouse in an ocean storm. We're 105.1 FM, bringing hope and faith to the nation in the nation's capital. More than a 1,000 chapters and 30,000 verses, but you can do it. Read the entire Bible. With Bible in a Year, totally interactive, totally free at BibleStudyTools.com. In
4: 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage.
2: United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp, 25 Meville Park, where New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1335. RAC Animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah.
1: It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. How in the world are you today? Thanks a lot for tuning in. Welcome to the second half of the show. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about evangelicalism post-Trump, asking the question, what will evangelicalism look like in the next generation, the next decade or two or three or four? I guess a biblical generation is 40 years. What do you think uh, evangelicalism will look like post-Trump, given all that we've come through over the last four years. Brent said, and I liked it, he said, you know, even prior to Trump, uh, evangelicalism was losing some of its grip, but the church is too married to politics. He says being involved is one thing, being intertwined is something else. Uh, Michael asked a question about Christian nationalism. I thank you uh, for that, Michael. And then, of course, we talked a little bit uh, with uh, Donald asking questions about QAnon and Antifa. So uh, quite the conversation. Uh, all of this is coming out of an article that I read some excerpts, and I'll probably read some more given uh, the time that we have, from Ed Stetzer, professor and dean of Wheaton uh, College. He is a white white guy, a, a theologian, uh, and an evangelical, and he was talking Uh, In the article that he wrote called Evangelicals Face a Reckoning, Donald Trump in the Future of Our Faith. He goes on to say that first, uh, far too many tolerated uh, egregious uh, behavior as evangelicals. We have to stop saying that it isn't who we are. This is who we are. These are our besetting sins. However, this isn't who we have to be. So he is pushing against some of what has come out over the last four years. He says the past half decade has offered nearly daily examples of people co-opting the gospel for sinful ends. Racism, nationalism, sexism, and a host of other sins have found found purchase within the evangelical movement in both overt and subtle expressions. Many have been able to dismiss these examples as outliers that did not truly represent the evangelical movement. We have long since exhausted this excuse. Well, thank you, Ed. Um, uh, That's I might read some more of your article, but I wanted to uh, ask my listeners, and that's why I wanted to make today's Tough Topic Tuesday. And it's a tough topic, which means we're never going to agree on a lot of stuff. We're going to debate over it, but we're still going to do it in a godly way. And that is my question. Has has politics become too entwined uh, with the church? Well, let's see what uh, Bernadette is thinking today. Hi Bernadette, it's Doctor Anderson. How are you, ma'am?
10: Hello, hello, Pastor Anderson. Is it okay if I ask a different, tough topic question?
1: Yes, ask whatever question you want. You got about thirty seconds here, though, so make it good.
10: <laughs> okay. So I'm Roman Catholic. Okay. And in the Catholic Catechism, um, it describes homosexuality as an affliction mm-hmm. um, that we must. Be kind to, but not condone,
1: okay mm-hmm. now,
10: I don't actually go exactly like that because I have met and dealt with many homosexual as well as l g b t people okay. I just wanted to know if you heard about the letter that the Catholic bishops have written to the l g b t community no. and what you think about that?
1: no, but could you send it to me on Facebook? I'd love to read it. do you have so
10: it I don't actually. I don't actually go there, but I can tell okay. you where it is. It's in the Jesuit magazine called America.
1: Okay. I'll have my and, people look and, it up. Been,
10: yeah. I want to so read I it. Just, when just, when
1: was it written? Is it recent?
10: Well, I only saw it yesterday. And okay. I think America magazine is a weekly Jesuit magazine, I think. Huh. I'm not 100% sure. Okay.
1: No, I want to I know. So you said the Pope actually wrote a letter to the LGBT community, open letter?
10: No, 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 no. The bishops. The bishops. Okay. The bishops. Not the Pope, Pope, but the bishops. Okay.
1: All the uh is it the archbishops, the the, sort of the top ones or
10: um, I wanted to say it's the Catholic Conference of Bishops. Okay,
1: I'm gonna check it out. I wanna know. Mm -hmm. I wanna know. Thanks for putting that on my radar, okay? All
10: right.
1: All right, thank you. Blessings to you. Always good to hear. Bernadette from Elkridge, Maryland. Uh that's in Howard County, Maryland. My church is in Howard County, Maryland. I've got Marty on the line. He's in Washington, D.C. Hi, Marty. Welcome to the hey. show. How are you?
11: Hey, Dr. Anson. How are you doing today?
1: I'm alive and grateful, my friend. Thanks for calling me. What are you thinking?
11: Um, For me, when I hear the word evangelical, yes, sir. I always think white evangelical. Right. People, you know, whites who attend those church. Uh, and I think we need to take a look at uh, on Sunday, any Sunday, the messaging, the messaging that you're getting from churches that are predominantly white as opposed to predominantly black, mm-hmm. the messaging can be very different, yeah, extremely different. So I think that's a distinction that has to be made, even though, again, black people white people of all colors claim to be Christian, but right. the messaging that we receive on Sunday. For example, you actually took part of what I wanted to say. In my mind, mm-hmm. the current... Majority of the white evangelicals, those who voted predominantly for the former president, um, are practicing what I have designated as white nationalism. Okay. And you you don't get white nationalism when you go to black churches.
1: Right. Right. You don't
11: don't get uh, in, in a black church. My pastor on a Sunday, he might address George Floyd or any number of black persons, or he might address racism during his sermon. Right. I'm not sure how much of that you're going to get out of any <laughs> white evangelical church. Uh,
1: yeah, I hear you. There's really. de- there's definitely a major divide in the way uh, white evangelicals and uh, African American Christians uh, address social issues, and yes. uh, you'll find no social issues addressed as abortion and homosexuality in uh, pr- primarily white evangelical churches and uh racial injustice and poverty in uh many black churches so i there's a great divide even within christianity thanks marty i gotta run to this break from washington dc i'm coming right back so don't you go anywhere
5: What are you typing?
3: I'm looking for a church to watch online this Sunday.
5: Hey, check out Bridgeway.cc.
3: Bridgeway? I think I've heard of them.
5: Yeah, I attended in person before COVID, but they still have great online services. Bridgeway, it's non-denominational. It's it's creative. It's multicultural. The messages are powerful.
3: Awesome. I'm going to check them out.
5: Yes, their online services are amazing. Worship is incredible. We're talking biblical messages. They're practical. They have creative elements, too, you know, like dances and dramas. It's really captivating and relevant.
3: Wow. Now, what about my kids?
5: Children's program, awesome. Our daughter can't wait to get online every Sunday. How often do you hear that?
3: Wow, that sounds great. Tell you what,
5: they're live on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday. Which do you use?
3: Hmm, Facebook.
5: Okay, cool. So I'm going to set up a watch party Sunday at 10 o'clock. Be there. I'll send you a reminder. We'll watch together. We'll set up a watch party.
3: I think you've got a deal. I'll be there on Facebook at 10 o'clock Sunday morning.
2: Search for Bridgeway Community Church on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday at 8 a.m., 10 a.m. and noon. Or just go to bridgeway.cc. under one roof,
5: from one side to the other, under one roof, from the inside and call 844-980-3707. Who's the real hero now? You are. Under one roof, from one side to the
12: other. Under one roof,
6: from the inside out. We've got you covered from top to bottom. At Best Buy,
0: your old house is our business.
1: Have you ever driven through neighborhoods and seen beautiful up lights? You know what up lights are? They're when they shine the light on the trees, they shine the light on the house, and it looks absolutely gorgeous. Well, guess what? During the winter months, laser landscaping are doing lights for your house. And they're not only doing lights on the outside, they're also doing hearth work. So if you're looking for nice patios and things of that sort, where you walk off the back of your patio and you just see how beautiful it can be in the this- spring while they're doing the work during the winter so give them a call directly it's laser with a z laser landscaping dot llc you can find them at 240-516-4967 ask for fidel laser landscaping llc ask for fidel here's the number again 240 240- and zeroing in his company to give special deals today for Bowie, Maryland. That's right, Bowie, Mitchellville, Greenbelt, that area. They have so many folks that are ready to help you with the lighting and the beautifying of your home. So give them a call. It's Laser Landscaping. Ask for Fidel at 240-516-4967. real talk with dr david anderson what do you think the future of evangelicalism is post trump i'd love to hear from you triple eight four three bridge let's go to hyattsville maryland and talk to brother q who's on the line hi brother q dr anderson here how you doing
6: Hey, how you doing there, Dr. Anderson? It's a good, good topic. Thank God for you there. Um, thank you. The, uh, I tell you, this excellent, this is an excellent topic. And, uh, <laughs> and the brothers that were gone earlier <laughs> mentioned about the actual, the intertwining of the politics into the religion or the, the faith of, you know, Christianity. And I think it's really an eye-opener, mm. as well as uh, even the Billy Graham. I, I look at many of his old old videos and his preaching and he never really got into the part he just preached just the gospel and man's sin his state of sin and yeah. i tell you it was just it's awesome to how he preaches yeah. and,
1: uh, yeah. but
6: i just wanted to bring up too the thing is dr anderson is that uh this has been should have been addressed a long time ago i think the evangelicals and my brothers and sisters that in it, ended, and i really truly you know pray for them um mm-hmm is that, you know, God hates seven things. You, you know, in Proverbs 6.16, if you have get a good yeah. chance, you can read it in that yeah. whole thing yeah. about the pride, getting hooked up on pride of something. You know, you're just about things that's not of Him. And and then the lying tongue, you know, it's just amazing that, that <laughs> that's not paid or given attention to where things were, you know, done in that particular uh, a political uh, party, but I another part of the party too, not to say anything, but to, to make it starting for short. But also, down on that list, it says the third thing is that murder was innocent hands. And I think that long time ago, we should address it. I think the evangelicals got in the bed with the fertility guy. It seems like they have to have this, uh, you know, protect all costs, protect the baby, protect the baby. And I think when God, you put, I think, of course, I'm not a big opponent of abortion. I don't, uh, but I think that, you know, we put ourselves in a, well, say what else we all incline, but uh, put ourselves in a fertility, God, you know, Mm -hmm. to worship a fertility, God, you got to have a baby, you got to, you know, you don't do this. And, um, you know, back a long time ago, uh, there was uh, babies being killed, even when Jesus was born, and and, uh, but God was able to get his message through, get his son, and the message of God's salvation and the Lord Jesus, and that's a lot of people looking at the evangelicals saying, "What are you going to do now?" Mm. Um, but also, well, I don't, I don't let the Democrats
1: off the well. Mind. They got, they, they got three, they got Go three, uh, they got three support, uh, three Supreme Court justices, or we got three Supreme Court justices, depending on how you look at it. If you want three pro-life. Supreme Court justices, but, you know, uh, Phil Vischer, the uh, creator of VeggieTales, who I just interviewed, and you guys are going to hear from him next month, but, uh, you know, he says after doing all the research, Brother Q, even have, having Supreme Court justices, and uh, it it's, it doesn't change uh, Roe v. Wade and the number of abortions. In fact, the number of abortions have been going down over the last Uh, a few decades, and so he is seeing that uh, abortions are going down based on some other strategies, not just uh, who you put in office. In fact, who you put in office doesn't really matter when it comes to um, lessening abortion, so I thought that was interesting, Uh, but that is to come, but you said in Proverbs 6 and 16, it says, the six things the Lord hates, seven are detestable to him, and this is what you were talking about, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Come on, man. You done brought you done brought the word of God to the table today, didn't you? <laughs>
6: You know, that's what we have to stand on, is the word. And uh, Uh, we can't favor a party, and I don't let the Democrats off either, because that's uh, I right. Think of the scripture. Why is the gate? Why yeah. is the gate?
1: Yeah, to yeah.
6: travel. Everything is still good, and it's not always good.
1: That's so right.
6: I, I don't let them off the trap. So I, I tell you, brother, we need to pray for the president's in hand, uh,
1: absolutely
6: in now, and and continue to pray for Donald Trump. I mean, and he, right. the, the political party that's that he's right associated with. So hey, well, bless you, Pastor. It, I love you. Thank you for your show. It's bless good you.
1: talking to you. Don't don't forsake me. I want you to come back and call me sometime because I like what you have to say. Okay, brother Q.
6: <laughs> amen. Amen. I will. Bless you. Bless, bless
1: you. you. back. Let's go to Charles in Waldorf, Maryland. Hi, Charles. I know you've been waiting there for a minute. Thank you so much. What are you thinking from Waldorf?
8: Well, that's okay. No problem with me. Well, you know, I'm only speaking for what I believe and what I understand. Yes, you know, sir. I've always read the Bible when I start out with 2 Timothy, when it tells us to study to show ourselves approved yes. unto God. So, you know, regardless of his pre Trump, post Trump, Pre Abraham Lincoln, pre or whomever it is. You know, we're supposed to rely on God. And, and and because he tells us at the end time, men will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God's word. So mm. there's nothing new that we should feel like, wow, I didn't know that. Or if you read the Bible, it's there. Yeah. So I mean, I can't get caught up with what the world's think because mm. the scripture is always going to be true.
1: Yes, we can always hold on to that. And other things may fade away. But the word of God will stand forever, won't it, Charles? It sure will. Yeah, that's a good word. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it, okay? Okay. I've got Anonymous in Springfield, Virginia, so let me go there. Hi, Anonymous. It's Dr. Anderson here. How you doing?
12: Good, Doc. How are you? Oh, I'm alive
1: and grateful, my friend. Give me your thoughts real quickly before I run to this break. I want to hear from you. Uh,
12: That if we as Christians, black, white, or whatever, we're truly leaning on the word of God, we would be leading the charge instead of worrying about following politicians. Mm. You know? And that's where we failed as the church. We made them our Jesuses and our gods. You know, that somehow they're the ones that are going to right the ship for us instead of us living out Acts chapter 2 and coming together as Mm. brothers and sisters, sacrificing for one another, living out Christ crucified, so that the world could then look at us, politicians could look at us and see what things and how we're supposed to live.
1: Mm. So, so not, we've
12: allowed them to be the ones to dictate it. Yeah.
1: You know? So not the looking... The matter, you're saying we yeah. look at our politicians as saviors. Our yeah. saviors. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Which, because which, is idolatry, because all, which is idolatry.
12: Which is idolatry. We've we all sinned. All All the stuff that we argue over, abortion and all that stuff. The issue of abortion is that people feel that somebody is saying that I have control of a life, and, and we're saying, no, you don't, because God creates life. True. God does create life. But how are we to judge them? If, if you, at any point in time, have—if your wife or your lover is at any point in time taking a pregnant—a pill— you know, to prevent pregnancy. Is that not controlling
1: life, too? Well, I tell you what, that's a whole nother topic. I've got to run to the break, but I appreciate it. Don't make your politicians your messiahs. I'll be right back.
5: Don Crow here for Preborn. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother who's abortion-minded the chance to see the truth of the baby that's growing inside of her. And a $140 gift will do this for five girls and women. Whether you want to save one baby, five, or hundreds, the opportunity is just a phone call or a click away. And you can do it easily by calling 833-850-2229. That's 833-850-BABY. Again, 833-850-2229. Or you can give online to WAVA.com, keyword baby, or click on the preborn banner. You can also give on the WAVA mobile phone app. Just click on the preborn banner that comes up at the top of the page. That'll take you right to the donor page. Anything you can do, thank you for doing it now. And the number's 833-850-2229 or WAVA.com.
4: My Dad and I's Faith focused Mortgage Team has been telling our story to the best Christian radio audiences across the country for a while now. We've gotten to take care of thousands of families, and these are some messages some of those families were nice enough to leave with their radio station.
3: I thought, you know what, I'm going to give Ryan a call just to see if it makes sense. Interest rates had fallen so drastically that we were able to save hundreds of additional dollars off of our mortgage. So it's been such a blessing to our family in this time of when the pandemic has hit us hard, and it just was a reminder that God can work in little ways, even like a refi. (laughs) They make it so simple and easy. It's just always such a joy to talk to them. You can tell that they just love what they do and that they're just excited. They have the same values as us. We knew we could trust them. It was just a great experience all around.
4: We. Our United Faith Mortgage.
10: We pay your appraisal fees up to $500.
4: UMC Mortgage Company,
2: Melbourne, New York. Animalist number 1330. AnimalistConsumerAccess.org and refinance. Total refinancing charges may be higher over life of loan. The
6: IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts too. Even threaten your home or business. Don't take on the IRS alone. If you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. The experts at Optima specialize in a powerful IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands, even tens of thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima Now for your free consultation.
0: Call 800 965 1433 800 800-965-1433. 800 965 Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com.
1: It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, and before we land this plane... Let's go to Alexandria, Virginia, and talk with Don. You'll be my final caller, Don. How are you today, sir?
12: I'm fine. Thank you very much, Dr. Anderson, sir. How are you? Oh,
1: I'm alive and grateful. What are you thinking about today's topic, Mr. Don?
12: It's awesome. Two quick things. First, I want to apologize for that sad hate message I saw on your page. That just hurt me, cut me deep. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah.
1: Well, it wasn't you. I, I don't even worry sad. about it, my friend. Don't even worry about it. God shows love through us when we respond in the way we're supposed to. So we pray for that person, don't we? But thanks for saying
12: that. Amen. Amen. We You're welcome. The other thing is, um, my concern about the evangelicals is these false prophets out here running around saying Trump is not uh, out of office. He's just sitting back waiting for martial law. He's that are not respecting the office of president right now. There's this wow. I don't even want to say her name. Some pink-haired false prophet out there talking about Trump is still president. That's gonna hurt, and that that makes me very upset. Millions in people. Yeah, there's a bunch that have said he was gonna win. You know, so how how, how are they gonna help the church recover? Well, yeah. yeah,
1: there's a lot of false prophecies over the last several years that have been uh, amazing from many leaders, and especially with regard to the uh, second uh, election, there a lot of false prophecies. Um, but you know what? The scripture teaches us that in the last days, you know, even the elect could be possibly deluded and believe a lie. Second Thessalonians chapter two and also Matthew chapter 24. So it tells us that the false prophets would come. And so we've got to keep our eye open and make sure that everything squares with God's word. Thank you so much, Don. I do appreciate uh, your comments today. Hey, thanks thanks. Absolutely.
12: Thanks for your focus on the family program. I really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot for listening to that. Uh, it, it, Ed Stetzer says in his article with Wheaton College, he's the dean and professor there. He's also uh, the one who heads and leads the Billy Graham Center. His uh, title of his article, if you want to check it out, Evangelicals Face a Reckoning, Donald Trump and the Future of Our Faith. He kind of ends it by saying, finally, all of us have failed to foster healthy political discipleship. The foundation of our reckoning was laid before uh, Donald Trump, far before Donald Trump. Committed to reaching the world, the evangelical movement has emphasized the evangelistic and pietistic elements of the mission. However, it has failed to connect this mission to justice and politics. I like that political, healthy political discipleship. How do you take the gospel and connect the mission of evangelicalism? with justice and politics in a way where you are discipling people uh, in the way of justice and politics as well as their relationship with God and how that relationship should affect the way we treat people of different colors, classes, cultures, creeds, ideas, even those that don't believe at all, those who have a different kind of a lifestyle. How does your Christianity and your relationship with God affect the way you deal with communicate with, and love on uh, people who are a part of the country under which you are being governed with those other kinds of people. Uh, I think uh, this idea of healthy political discipleship is an interesting one indeed. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's program. I can't wait to get back to hang out with you tomorrow at the same time, same station, right here on Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are large and in charge. You are the CEO of the universe, the president of the world. So we will not fret. We will trust in you and depend on you. For you are our God and we are your people. Thank you, Lord, for this conversation today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.
3: Father,
12: help your children.